Marcast is made possible by Hayes Marketing and Digital, the recruiting experts in marketing and digital roles across Australia for a wide range of industries and job functions. Welcome to Marcast, the marketing magazine podcast series. Today is part one of our chat with Fabian Moroni, CMO at Monash University. With a proud history spanning six decades, Monash University is a leading Australian institution with a global network of campuses. To help us understand its product, brand and approach to marketing is Monash University CMO, Fabian Moroni. Fabian has built an impressive career in the world of education marketing in a number of roles and locations around the world. He was recently named the Australian Marketing Institute's CMO of the Year for 2019 at the AMI Awards this October. With a world of experience in a rapidly changing field, he's an exciting guest to have in the studio. Fabian, welcome. Thank you very much. So we will jump uh, straight into the chat today here on Marcast. Why don't you tell us about your current role and your work at Monash University? Absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm currently the Chief Marketing Officer at Monash University, which is absolutely a privilege. My role really looks at, at two main elements, which is around managing and building the university's reputation and also looking at uh, conversion. So building a bigger Monash community through future students, engaging our alumni, engaging industry, engaging government, um, and also engaging the, the community more largely. Um, it looks at the positioning of the university, the branding, and I look and work across both the marketing and communication spectrum. And if you had to sort of boil it down for us, how would you describe Monash's approach to marketing? I like to think that Monash has almost moved beyond uh, marketing and advertising into really storytelling. Uh, we're privileged that out of the university come so many successful research stories and, and education stories. And the role of marketing and communications is really telling those stories and matching those to the right audience. So our approach is to tell those stories and find the right people that those stories are relevant to um, and really connect them. So connecting our proposition and our values to those in the broader world who want to come and join the Monash community. On a structural level, how does that fit into branding, PR, comms, digital, social? Yeah, so at, at Monash, the, the structure of marketing and comms, we have a centralised marketing um, area and then each of the, the faculties and departments have some marketing and comms resources as well. So my area really looks after the, the brand strategy, uh, the positioning and the PR and, and the comms component, whereas the faculties focus on that, that type of product marketing in terms of getting our course marketing out there. We are really have targets and KPIs like any other organisation uh, would do, but the structure and our approach and our effort is pretty balanced between all of our audience groups and all of the functions of marketing. Don't really separate marketing and comms, we just look at them as a mix of different channels and again how we get our message out through those channels to the right audience at the right time in order to engage them in what our community is doing. Sure thing, and we will talk a lot more about those audiences later on in the chat. I'm from Melbourne, and for me, Monash University is kind of just down the road. It's easy for me to think of it as a uh, a very local brand, which it is, but it's also a very big global brand. How do you sort of manage Monash's brand and marketing over that local and global market? Mm. 
I think the definition of Monash as a brand is a global brand. We have a branch campus in Malaysia. We have a a centre in Prato in in Italy, which is absolutely gorgeous. We have an office in Indonesia. We have collaborations in Suzhou and IITB in India. I think we're the definition of a global brand and, and global university. Over the last two years, we've really changed our marketing strategy to recognise this. And we work with a number of digital and PR agencies in our core markets and the core markets for recruitment of students um, and engagement of alumni um, and industry, but also where we want to get our academics research out there and, and get them cited. So we tend to create the Monash proposition and the, the core communication and marketing content and editorial in Australia. And then we work through our partner networks to really amplify that message out and modify it for the local audience. So a, a really good example is um, two years ago, we released our large-scale Change It campaign, if you like, or, or Call to Action. And it focused on, domestically, issues that were really important to Australians. And when we released that in China, and when we released it in India, and when we released it in Indonesia, and the UK and the US, we modified it to be about what issues were important to them locally. I think it's really important that as a global brand, you don't try to take something from Australia and say, we know how to do it better, and then transport that and, and dump it in another country. Rather, you try to understand that that country, and for us, the proposition is come to Monash or work with Monash, and you can bring back those learnings to your local area, or you can apply that to your thinking locally, or we can also co-develop solutions together. And it was really important for us to recognise that as a, as a brand, and that's been really successful. So just recently we launched in Indonesia and in our Australian or domestic campaign was called If You Don't Like It, Change It. In Indonesia it was Don't Just Share It, Change It because Indonesia are the, are the second most frequent users of social media and they have a tendency just to, to share um, content. But this was about changing that behaviour to let's not only share it but come up with a solution through education and research. That's interesting. So more of a active engagement with the the content, I suppose. Is that what you mean with the... Yeah, an active engagement with the content. I think our campaign, if you don't like it, change it, was a bit of a call to action. It was trying to say, look, we need to not just talk about climate change and say how unhappy you are about it on Twitter. You need to actually get informed through research and education and look at ways that we can actually change that and make a positive impact. And those are the two vehicles that we think you can do that through is education and research. Current events, and this goes for around the world and Australia, is something that's pretty big on the agenda of a lot of marketers and brands now trying to get into those conversations. I imagine a university would be very much on the forefront of something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things about working at a university is every day you go to work and the types of stories that you're telling are things around climate change and how you can improve that or ways to combat domestic violence or um, ways to improve gender equality because that's what our academics are actually doing research into. That's what they're spending their days doing. And we're spending our time trying to push those messages out um, more broadly to get broader engagement, both domestically and internationally, with the value of research and that particular research, um, but also to get people to say, hey, we want to come and learn from these people that are doing that research because we want to work in that field later on in the future, or we want to contribute to the efforts that that individual is undertaking through funding and philanthropy and, and contribution. And um, as for your role as CMO, how does that fit into the C-suite and leadership level at Monash? Yeah, so the role really sits in that uh, strategic advisor to that um, 
the leadership of which we call the Vice Chancellors Group, which is made up of the core portfolios uh, which link back to our our strategy. Um, So around global engagement, around the education portfolio, research portfolio and and enterprise portfolios and then corporate functions of operations and finance. I work into the, the Chief Operating Officer and I'm providing both strategy in terms of reputation and conversion and community building, as well as providing that strategic advice on on how we position the university more broadly. So involved in a lot of the conversations in how we manage, build the reputation of the university, how we go out and communicate ourselves and position ourselves, um, as well as providing that very regular advice in terms of communication and and marketing um, from and to all of those portfolio groups. In that regard, is your role an easy one? Do they do they see the value of marketing? Is it is it a challenge for you to communicate that to them? How does that go? I'm in a really lucky position because um, our vice chancellor has a real uh, keen eye for marketing and communications, and is really actively involved in the marketing and communications of the university, um, and therefore spends a lot of time in engaging with not only the approach to marketing and our strategy, but also contributing to it, which is fantastic. And more broadly, the leadership team do as well. They really see the value of marketing. We are always invited to the table, either in the provision of advice or in the phase of how do we get this message out there or how do we develop the proposition. It's not a struggle, um, certainly, to be asked in. um, And the value of marketing and communications has certainly been seen, I think, over the last two years as we've really unlocked and shared the data and been really transparent with what the impact of marketing and communication is on the broader business operations. Obviously, a university as large as yours, filling enrolments and marketing to a extremely wide array of segments, demographics and people. How do you break those down? Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because people will think that the role of marketing and communications for a university is about future student recruitment. Um, but as I said, it's really that balance between future student recruitment, engaging with current audiences, which are your alumni, your current students, and um, peers globally, you know, future staff, that there are so many different audiences um, that we need to engage with um, and drive them to different call to actions um, and different points of either conversion or, or engagement. We actually have a model from marketing and communications where we have 84 different segments wow. that we um, engage with through our marketing and communications. And, and that's not linear because someone can be a future student and they can also be a current staff member or they can be a past student and be working in government who we want to build relationships with. So we really balance our time according to to the number of people within that community and how we need to engage with them, but also in in what channels they're on and how difficult or how easy it is to access those individuals and work within those channels. So we spend a lot of time on that audience engagement piece and really understanding the depth of the audience member, where they are, what message they need to see. And we work in reality in an organisation with 20,000 staff and people are communicating with people every day. So we work in a very empowered model where... We try to provide people with the tools and the messaging to go out and talk to their audience members without having to be policed or go through an overly cumbersome governance process to communicate with people. As long as we're building on the Monash message, then we really encourage uh, the communication and marketing through individuals and different parts of the university um, and getting consistent. But we balance our time primarily if you'll split it into two. 
really pushing the research out there and then the other piece around engaging with communities. A lot of conversations going on. Mm-hmm. And what's your, uh, what's your approach and tactics around enhancing your knowledge of these, these customers? So we have um, quite a number of ways. Uh, in the last two years, we've really unlocked, as I mentioned, um, the use of data to understand individuals um, in understanding not only their motivations, but what conversations they want to get involved in. We ask them a lot of those questions. Uh, we do things like progressive profiling, so asking people what information they're interested in, what are their preferences. Um, so we do a lot of data capture, which helps build our segmentation model. And we also have an ongoing user experience um, and market research component to what we do. So my team's often out there speaking to students, both locally and internationally, speaking to future students, speaking to alumni, speaking to current staff and, and future potential staff. So we get a bit more of understanding around the qualitative um, things that people are interested in and build that into our segmentation model as well. So we are a pretty data-rich organisation. Uh, we pride ourselves on the ethical use of data, but understanding a lot about individuals to tailor the right message to them um, and being really specific in that messaging, almost completely personalised to every individual. So people's uh, relationships to their own skills and to education and universities and further education are always changing. To you, what are the wants, needs and drivers for people seeking further education right now? I think every individual um, has a different reason uh, for seeking further education. We like to think Monash Proposition is about coming and creating positive change um, and some individuals are coming to university to create change for themselves individually and where they can go in their career path later on. Some are coming to university to create change on a more grand scale in terms of sol- solving the, the issues of the age. So people have individual motivators for coming to university and will use that university degree in very different ways. Um, but I think it's all about change and creating positive change either for themselves or, or for a broader group of people or, or in fact, indeed, on, on the world including some of those people coming through education to want to be a lifelong learner in academia and then go on to solve some of those problems through research later on in life. So I don't know if the drivers towards education have changed or the motivators have changed. The way people will go about learning has changed and people are looking for that modern experience which is blended between physical and digital and and virtual and and how they can learn in an environment that's more convenient for them to learn and and to balance their own lives as lives get get busier but I think the motivations for education remain in large the same which is changing your circumstances or, or those around the world. That experience and sort of flexibility aspect is quite a large issue. Is that something that you and and the marketing team plays a big role in helping to develop or is that much more on the product and curriculum side? I think the whole university community plays a role in that piece of it. I think certainly the education portfolio and the faculties themselves and the academics delivering uh, the education and creating the product certainly factor that into their thinking. Um, I think our role is in trying to tell that story and encourage people out there in the community to want to engage in the way that we are delivering education, which is really focused on that modern educational experience, our infrastructure, the way we deliver teaching um, is all around providing a modern experience in that kind of blended reality environment. And I think we're in a a position where we are a, a top 100 research intensive university, as well as 
the largest um, university in Australia, which puts us in a, in a very unique position. So people that are coming to learn at Monash are learning from the academics who are changing the world through research as well. But when you have 10 faculties, so many different staff, so many different educators trying and so many great programs trying to um, succinctly tell that story of all of the different ways that you can learn um, at Monash and all of those different benefits is a difficult task. So sometimes you have to tell the story in shorter form through a lot more different channels and really targeted at different people's um, ways they want to learn. It's always a uh, risky thing to do in marketing, but um, just for the sake of my next question, I am going to delve into demographics and age demographics a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Generation Z, um, or Z, I should probably say. Uh, Notoriously hard to market to for marketers, obviously a big part of your marketing. Uh, Where are you having success in this regard? I think that we're in a lucky position because the value proposition of Monash aligns so well uh, with this generation's passions. We really are about, as I said, creating that positive change in the world along those big issues. So some of the sustainability, climate change, um, a lot of them align to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And this generation really care about those things and they are looking for ways that they can contribute to improving society and improving the environment. And that is really the Monash proposition. Monash is a vehicle through education and research to really resolve some of these issues, and that's really resonating with this generation. The difficulty is getting that story and that proposition across, as you say, into the channels that those individuals are using because those channels change every day. I mean, you know, a couple of months ago, TikTok wasn't a thing, and it's now a thing. How do you tell a university story on TikTok? And how do you tell the, the story on Instagram and how do you do it through podcasts and how do you do it through visual medium and how do you do it in 30 seconds and Mm -hmm. all of those things. And I think that's one of the benefits of the way that we've established the marketing and comms team at Monash is that the blended look at channels in how we look at social media, in how we look at uh, content consumption, we try a lot of things um, and we're building a content stack which tells our story just in different ways. We're not changing the story, we're building on that narrative and just creating different ways to tell the story through different mediums across different channels. And we seem to be getting the uptake. We seem to be getting the engagement. Um, A good example is we tend to get really good engagement within platform. So we choose not to put all of our videos and and podcasts on our own channels, but we just disperse them through social media and let people engage and share and and utilise those pieces. We tend to, if we're going to do a physical activation, we blend it with a digital component or a virtual reality component. So we're capturing as many people that want to engage in different ways. So I think it's about the variety of channels, but you have to work in a really agile way and a real test and learn and a fail fast environment to be able to develop those channels and be responsive really quickly, which is what we've certainly tried to create at Monash in our marketing and comms structure and strategy. Sure. Have you tried TikTok? You've done a bit of work on that? We haven't. We've been talking about TikTok for the last couple of weeks. Um, I I actually downloaded the app the other day just to see what all the fuss was about and got one of my nieces to talk me through it, um, which um, was a whole lot of um, dance moves that I would never attempt. Um, But we are looking at exploring that. I think, you know, we'd 
we've really um, gone in depth in terms of Instagram and the use of Snapchat and the university using those tools. And now we're looking at, well, how can we be more relevant on these these new channels? But no, we haven't delved into the use of uh, TikTok, but we are looking at it. At the sure moment. thing, sure thing. I guess it'll just be a matter of time. There's that early stage when you sort of wonder, is you know, is this on brand for us? Or then eventually you might sort of get around to it. Yeah, it's also about, you know, what is... What channels should the brand be talking to people through or what channels should the leaders or, um, in our case, the academics or, or be talking to people through? Um, so sometimes a lot of those social media channels, people are not going to necessarily follow a brand, but they might follow people who are talking about the great things a brand is doing or that their work is doing. And at a university, that's what's really important is that it's about the individuals and the academics and their academic freedom coming through on those social channels through their influence strategy and getting them comfortable with using those tools. So you're sort of um, you're thinking about your talent and your academics as sort of influencers? Absolutely. I think um, academics are the original influencers, if you look at it. They are the ones that have been for many years educating large portions of society and teaching large volumes of, of people at that most impressionable phase in life. So they are really the original influences, if you like, um, before this celebrity that we've had. So getting those academics to talk about their areas of discipline and um, the way they're engaging people or what they're in fact doing research about can really create that positive influence environment. Getting people to talk about climate change or social cohesion in, in very different ways and you know, making people feel comfortable in talking about that through social platforms is certainly a part that I'm passionate about and that the team is in really getting people to speak on their area of expertise and really engage with that broader audience. Sure. And are they largely open to that that experience? Yeah, I think I think like any group of individuals, you have some that are really comfortable in that environment and you have some people that are, um, you know, cautious and I think it's a journey for everyone. Um, it's about providing the tools, the training, the support, and also the the comfort that if you say or do something that you know that you're not necessarily happy with, that there it's okay. It moves really fast, and we we have to be comfortable with that. And there are many different people on many different journeys in the use of social media and in becoming influencers and feel, feeling comfortable with talking in that way um, and having those conversations online and we certainly have built that as part of our strategy. And I think that's been really successful for us and we'll continue to, to try to um, encourage people to talk about what they're doing and these great solutions that they are providing. And you mentioned earlier being able to tell that brand story in ways that were unique to each uh, media platform or social media platform or avenue. Was there a bit of tweaking or optimising or maybe, I guess, sort of distillation of that brand and that story to get it in a position where it could be filtered out in different ways across different platforms? Or would you say that the brand itself uh, lends itself quite nicely, naturally to that dissemination? Look, I think we've we've created um, a brand that's as flexible yet coordinated as possible. And therefore, I think that we have a, a real comfort level in allowing the story to be told in many different ways on many different channels as long as there are some core consistency pieces across that so there's some core you know look and feel pieces is obviously really important for people uh, from a salience perspective but as long as the message 
or the intent of the message is aligned to the Monash proposition, then we can tell that story in many, many different ways. And, and we do. Um, we use a lot of video. We're doing podcasts now, as I mentioned. We've recently done activations in Fed Square. We've done virtual reality activations uh, around the world. We've um, certainly done TVCs. Um, you know, we use social and we use every different channel, but we use it slightly different because it's a slightly different audience group. So we get people to engage more on um, Instagram, in, in votes and those types of things. We're on um, Facebook and LinkedIn. We're asking for conversations and we're posting imagery. So it's, it's just very different, but we're very comfortable that our brand is flexible yet um, consistent enough to be used across all the applications. And you have to be comfortable with that because as a modern brand, we're just going to have different channels open up weekly. I mean, we use WeChat in China, for example, and, and we use that heavily. We use WhatsApp. We use every channel and we just use it in a, in a very different way for different audiences. And um, that Fed Square activation, uh, you mentioned it to me before the uh, before this chat. Was that uh, a world without research? Was that what it was? So it was called a, a future without a future. change, which oh, um, looked at the potential uh, dystopian view of society if we continued on this current trajectory in terms of um, a few key a few key societal issues and if monash's research or more broadly if research in the in the world of academia um, didn't occur so if we kept on this uh, trajectory in terms of climate change um, would we no longer be able to go into our yards would we have to go out into a bubble and, um, you know, have our deck chairs within that bubble and have our barbecues in that bubble because the air pollution was so bad? Or would we have to disseminate things like antidepressant pills or gambling addiction pills through cereal because we had such large proportions of society and that were reliant on, on those uh, medications? And it was saying that is a very, very, you know, future spectrum of dystopia but what we need to understand is that research is so critical in making sure that we have different solutions to problems so we aren't reliant on on one single view or one single problem. We're basically saying we need to continue as an academic community and as a global community to continue to question the answers and try to improve the solutions that are out there. Mm-hmm. And it's I guess it's a it's a bit of a, a bit of a dark message, but also a pretty fun example of storytelling the the storytelling that you can do and also experiential marketing as well yeah i think that the interesting thing is that when speaking to a a number of people some people have said oh look that's a that's a really dark way of telling a message and then we've had different generations say well you know we're consuming black mirror and handmaiden's tale and this really resonates because although we can see where the potential of of this could go we actually feel empowered to say well we're doing things to intervene in that. And the the feedback, because we had a future without change at both Open Day for Monash and in Fed Square, the feedback has been really positive around, well, we actually feel that there is change going on through Monash and through other universities, but we also feel that we know where our place in change is. So people left quite optimistic, even though the message was saying, well, here could be the reality. So I think it's about striking the right chord with the right audience. And that activation is not supposed to appeal to everyone in the community. That's supposed to appeal to a group and a demographic. And then we have other um, communications like our podcast or our Different Lens documentary series, which appeal to different groups of people. And then we have our more long-form um, newsroom channel, Lens, which appeals to a different audience. It's, it's all a way of 
providing content in a way that the consumer wants to consume and is convenient for their lifestyle and appropriate and telling the message in that way. We need to find new ways of talking to people um, because we know that with people's lives and so many messages um, coming at them all day and every day, there's, there's too much noise. So you need to break out from the crowd to get the really important messages across. So I have six questions for you. I want you to try and answer them in 60 seconds. We'll start with a brand doing really well. I think the brands that are doing really well are the ones that are, are linking uh, back to their, their value propositions. So I'm going to answer that more broadly. But I also think the Uber, um, Uber Eats is doing exceptionally well at the moment too. And a brand perhaps not doing so well. I don't know if I'm willing to say a brand, but I'd say as a sector, the finance and banking sector has a lot of work to do in terms of its value proposition and, and linking that to what its customers want. And I think they are they are on their journey, but I think there is a, a long journey ahead. Do you have a favourite marketing mentor, commentator, author? Yeah, What's look, I, I still rely on my mentor from London, Andy Powell, for, for sand marketing and strategy advice. So I've had a mentor my entire career and I'd maintain that person. What's, a, uh, what's the marketing campaign that you wish you came up with? I don't know if it's a campaign specifically, but the proposition, the Qantas proposition's always really inspired me. You know, that every time I'm about to land on a Qantas plane and still calls it Australia home or you're flying internationally, it still tugs at the heartstrings. They've done that so well and they've maintained that, everything in the way they look and feel in terms of their proposition, that's always really stuck with me. The biggest issue in marketing today? Oh, look, I think the biggest issue is probably we are all seeking to personalise and to automate, but how do you do that for purpose and not just personalise for personalisation's sake because you can, or automate because you can? Where is the value in doing that? Um, and how do you not get swept away in the um, excitement of things? And marketing in just a few words. Strategic, data-driven and all about the audience. Thanks to Fabian Moroni for giving up his time to appear on MarCast. Part two of the chat is coming soon. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe to and rate our podcast and tell your friends. Keep up to date in the meantime at marketingmag.com.au and get in touch with me if you need to at ben.ice at niche.com.au Thanks for listening. Marcast is made possible by Hayes Marketing and Digital, the recruiting experts in marketing and digital roles across Australia for a wide range of industries and job functions. For the latest insights on what it takes to be a marketing director, download the Hayes Report DNA of a Marketing Director at hayes.com.au